Welcome to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Friday, March the 31st, 2023. On this edition of The Politocrat, that piece of garbage has been indicted. And I am here for it. I'll be talking about the indictment of 45 the fascist, and I'll also be talking about the way that portions of the corporate news media have reported on this. And it is revealing, though not surprising, that, and maybe a few more things, coming up next. CBS News special report. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington, and we are coming on the air with historic news. For the first time ever in American history, a former president of the United States has been indicted. This unprecedented case against Trump will have wide-ranging implications. This indictment filed under seal by the Manhattan DA could be announced in the coming days. It would also mean that Donald Trump would be asked to surrender and face arraignment on charges yet to be announced. It is all related to the hush money payment made to former porn star Stormy Daniels. Let's bring in our chief election campaign correspondent, Robert Costa, who broke this news for us here at CBS and has been talking to his sources. What have you learned? Good to be with you, Nora. This is a historic moment to have a former president indicted. This has been confirmed to CBS News by Trump's own attorney, Susan Nicholas. She has told CBS News the former president has been indicted. This is about hush money payments made in 2016 by his former fixer, Michael Cohen, to Stormy Daniels, the porn star. Under scrutiny is former President Trump's role in this entire operation. They've been talking to witnesses extensively in recent months, focusing especially on Michael Cohen and his testimony about Trump's role in this entire episode. Oh, by the way, for Donald, since we're talking about convicted felons, see you on Tuesday, pal. Lock him up. Piece of garbage is indicted. Bring your good times. And your laughter too. That piece of garbage is indicted for you. Come on now, celebration. Yes, indeedy. A good, good day to you on this Friday. Happy Friday. And it should be happy Friday. No matter what's going on. You gotta be happy about this, dear listener. Surely you do. Dear listener, welcome indeed to this Friday edition of the Politograph Daily Podcast. Wonderful to have you aboard here on this last day of March, this last day of the first quarter of 2023. And what better way 
to end this first quarter of 2023, but with an indictment of that piece of garbage, that racist, lying, misogynistic criminal, thug. I am so pleased about this news. And this news came down, dear listener, yesterday, as you heard a series of clips there. And I'll play a few more um, coming up in a few minutes time. But I have to tell you, dear listener, I was not surprised when this indictment came down today. It came down roughly around, what, quarter to six Eastern Standard Time, Eastern Time, Eastern Daylight Time in New York City. And it was around quarter to three here on the West Coast. And um, I was not surprised. I just looked at the news, saw the email in my box, the alert box. I get news from uh, all these organizations in the press. And there it was. He was indicted. And I was happy. I mean, I was very happy about it, but I wasn't surprised. Not surprised at all. Because this is a long time coming. As a matter of fact, it's about 50 years too friggin' late. Or should I say, dear listener, it's never too late to indict this criminal. This guy has been committing crimes for over 50 years. Five zero. Not 15 seconds, not 15 minutes, not 15 days, not 15 weeks or 15 months. Five zero. Fifty years. This piece of garbage should have been indicted back in the 1970s. End of. End of. There is no way on earth this guy should have been allowed to roam the streets of any city, any place on earth for this long without any accountability. Any accountability. I think that this is an example, dear listener, of what happens when white men are let off the hook time after time after time. I don't just think that this is an example of it. I know this is an example of it. We've seen this throughout United States history. This is a society built by and for. Well, let me say this. Let me amend this before I even finish saying the sentence. This is a society that black people built, a country that was built on black backs. And it was white men who were the ones who enslaved, tortured, lynched, castrated, and raped black people, black women, and black men. So all of this criminality you see by these white men in power is absolutely part and parcel of who these scumbags are who do these crimes. And it's about damn time that this happened, that this piece of garbage was indicted 50 friggin' years 
This guy's committed so many goddamned crimes. So many people have caped for him and kissed his ass. So many people in the media have been complicit with his crimes. People probably sleeping with him. You know, all kinds of people in the media, these women, particularly these white women. Oh, they're throwing themselves at him. You know, I'm sure they had, I'm sure that they, he effed a few of them. You know? And these people in the 1970s and 80s were in New York City absolutely kissing his ass. Oh, the Donald. The Donald. The Donald. Oh, the Donald. Everybody was taking money from this guy. Well, let me revise that statement. People absolutely were kissing his ass. That's my revision. There were people who were praising him. I remember Reverend Al Sharpton was seen photographed with him. Big grin on Sharpton's face back then. All of these MFers were were around him. They all have blood on their hands. All of them. All of them. All the people now who are running around going, oh, he's this, he's that. These MFers were all around him in the 70s and the 80s. They were shaking his hand. They were posing for pics. You had the Clintons posing with him. Yeah, come on now. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. This is an inbred soiree. This is an inbred soiree. That's my first reaction after the fact that I am glad that this piece of garbage is indicted. I'm going to play you some clips because you know what? I'm going to tell you, dear listener, and you know where I stand on this anyway, so it's not that much of a surprise. I'm going to tell you how craven these corporate news media people are. And you know what? I made a point last night to tune in just to see how they were going to cover this. And I wasn't surprised how they covered it. Not at all. They sound so disappointed that this man, this piece of garbage, got indicted. They got very, very, very quiet. I switched from CNN to CBS News and I switched to the New York Times online and listened to what I'm reading from the New York Times online. Trump indicted. Here are the subplots, the sub-stories. The subheadline, first of all, says first former president to face criminal charges. And then look at the subheadlines, the headline stories. Analysis Trump faces prosecution and democracy is tested. For over two centuries, U.S. presidents were effectively shielded from indictment, but Donald Trump's case breaks that taboo. Taboo? This is entirely predictable. Oh, wait, there's more from the New York Times on its front page. And of course, this front page could easily change by the time you listen to this podcast, dear listener. Just go to NewYorkTimes.com, NYTimes.com. The New York Times is a really crappy newspaper now. In my view, the New York Times has taken a swan dive over the last 30 years. It is not the newspaper it used to be. 
And it is anything but left wing. This notion that that paper was ever left wing is a bunch of garbage. If you don't believe me, go and read the headlines from 1963 and 64 and 5 and 6 and 7 with Dr. Martin Luther King and see how they treated Dr. Martin Luther King. Tell me about the New York Times being a liberal newspaper. F out of here with that nonsense. F out of here with that nonsense. I'm going to read the rest of these little headlines in the New York Times because they, they sound so overjoyed that this piece of garbage got indicted. Throughout the GOP, anger and accusations of injustice flowed from both backers and critics of Donald Trump. Oh, I know I mentioned his name. In full. Oh, so now you're playing sympathetic. Oh, it's a both sides situation, is it, New York Times? Oh, 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 from both backers and critics. So wait, this is a both sides thing? You're doing that both sidesism garbage? Of course they are. There is no both sides to this bullcrap. There's no size to this garbage. This guy committed crimes. Clearly. It's obvious, and I get it. Innocent until proven guilty. I understand all that, but you know damn well if that was a black person like myself, or maybe yourself, dear listener, you know damn well you would have been put under the effing jail. And everybody in this country here, called the United States of America, would presume you guilty. Because that's how it is when it comes to us. When, when it comes to us as black people, there is a presumption, a freaking presumption of guilt. And everybody's going, uh, with this piece of garbage here, oh, oh, well, well, he's, uh, well, innocent until proven guilty and due process and da-da-da-da-da-da. Here's another headline. Subheadline from the Times front page on their webpage, nytimes.com. Like I said, these may change by the time you listen to this podcast episode and by the time you get to the nytimes.com website. Here's another one. This is what will happen when Donald Trump is arrested. Jesus Christ. Here's another one. In the form of a question, no less. I kid you not, I'm reading this directly from the homepage of nytimes.com. Quote, why was Donald Trump indicted? Question mark. What the F? Why was Donald Trump indicted? That's what the New York Times front page on their website is actually saying why was Donald Trump I'm looking straight at it as I read this dear listener as I'm speaking to you I am reading it it says why was Donald Trump as a matter of fact I'm going to take a screenshot of this I just did it. I just took a screenshot of it. Why would... I mean, are you kidding me? Really? Really? Here's another sympathetic headline on the front page of the paper that 
these right-wing wankers who are lying through their backsides and their buttholes are telling you is this left-wing, oh, left-wing newspaper, the New York Times is left-wing, oh, oh, yeah, it's left-wing, oh, Oh, it's (laughs) left-wing. At Mar-a-Lago, Donald Trump and his aides were caught off guard by the news. Is there any violin music anywhere? Do you have any violins? Yeah, I mean, there you go. There's your violin music. That's the New York Times. Asking you to be sympathetic. Asking you to feel sorry for someone who is a racist and a misogynist and, quite frankly, a rapist, allegedly. Someone who called all of the countries that are populated by black people and have black governments in them, asshole countries. This is the guy that the New York Times is asking you to be sympathetic to. The New York Times, that's your so-called left-wing newspaper. I would like to see if they think that the New York Times is left-wing. What do they think centrist is? Oh, the story behind the $130,000 hush money deal goes back 17 years. Oh, so we have to analyze and explain all this, huh? Oh, let's analyze it. Oh, dear. I got to tell you, those headlines I've just read out to you over the course of the last few minutes sound like a newspaper that is very sad that this piece of garbage got indicted. You know why? Because their cash cow is gone. And if you look at CNN, and I can't stand CNN or MSNBC, definitely Fox, you can forget. All of these corporate news media cable channels and these corporate news media people online like the New York Times and all these other papers. And there's some exceptions. Reuters I can live with. AP, Associated Press, I can live with. Right? In terms of the US corporate news media. But very, very few of them. And these TV, cable TV news stations, they are a friggin' joke. These people are all disappointed that this guy got indicted. And I'll tell you why. As I said, their cash cow is gone. And they are upset that once this guy gets convicted or there's a plea deal or whatever the hell it is, that they're not going to have much of anything to talk about anymore. And their ratings, CNN's ratings, are just disgusting. So they are in the toilet as it is. That's why they're now bringing on, not that you should get these people on to boost your ratings because that's failed so far. They're trying to get, the this network, CNN, has gone right wing. Keith Oldman has talked about this as well. Chris Licht or whatever the heck his name is. Chris Licht something. And uh, I'm not even going any further than that because I don't want to sound disgusting on this podcast. But the bottom line, dear listener, is that CNN and all these other networks are disappointed. That's my view. That's my view. Not even a theory. That's my opinion. And everyone's got one of those. (laughs) It's my view, dear listener, that they're upset or their bosses are upset that this piece of garbage got indicted. How are we going to get ratings now? Oh, my God. 
That's my view, dear listener. That's my view. And of course, CNN. And this is another reason why I really don't watch this network. They had Mike Pence on. And of course, who was it that was questioning? Wolf, I never ask a tough question, Blitzer. And he had the former VP, the guy, you know, that those white people on January 6, 2021 were wanting to kill. They wanted to kill him and they shouted out his name and they said, hang him and hang da-da-da. I don't want to even repeat the chants. But they were saying all those things about him. They wanted to hang the man. And you've got him there on TV. Would you ask him a tough question, Wolf Blitzer? Oh, of course not. Because I'm not a journalist. I'm a suck-up. I'm a sycophant. I'm a stenographer. I don't have to ask him anything of any challenge. I don't have to press him on anything. Never dug it. He's asking it. I'm not even going to play the audio. He was sitting there for 20 minutes. Did he ask him one tough question? Well, of course he didn't ask him a tough question, Omar. You know that by now. Come on. It's never going to happen. Not one question. He just sat there and lied and talked BS. Never got pressed. Never pressed him on anything. Wolf, I've never asked a tough question, Blitzer. Never pressed Mike Pence on anything. Never pushed back on him. You know, oh, I think that this is really ridiculous. It was a travesty that he was indicted for this. It's a friggin' crime, Mike Pence. It's called a crime. I'll spell it out to you. C-R-I-M-E. Crime. But as far as CNN and Mike Pence and Wolf Blitzer are concerned, it's crying shame. That, dear listener, is the tenor of these broadcasts. And I'll tell you something. I only spent a grand total of 20 minutes or so just switching back and forth and listening and observing the circus. The corporate news media loves to drill up for ratings. And it was all the same, all the same. I played you the clip, you heard it earlier, CBS News, I'll come back to that. CBS News, Nora O'Donnell came on and she sounded at least a little professional. But that chump, Robert Costa, by the way, co-wrote the book with Bob Woodward called Peril that came out in 2020. That guy, by the way, I think Peril came out in 2021. I think Rage came out in 2020. But that guy, Robert Costa, whose face seemed to pop up everywhere. I don't think he's very smart, by the way. And I'm going to play you some audio in a few moments' time with Robert Costa. And as a matter of fact, I think I already played part of it already. But I'm, if I didn't, I'm going to play it anyway in a few minutes. These people in the corporate news media dealers, I'm going to repeat this again and again and again and again. These people are unhappy, and their bosses certainly are unhappy, that this piece of garbage got indicted yesterday. They are very unhappy about it. You can tell by the way they talk about this. You can tell by the guests they bring on. Yeah, it's just disgusting. This reminds me yet again of why I don't watch this garbage. No hard questions, no tough questions at all. Absolute 
absolute, absolute disgrace to journalism, these people. These people are personalities. You are in, dear listener, an era of cult of personality. And that's why a piece of garbage like this is allowed to get away with it for 50 friggin' years. Because you, in the corporate news media, have for the last 40 plus years coddled this guy. I know, I'm not going to say it again. Kissed his rear end, all the rest of it. And then you act, oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, we're disappointed. Well, why Why was it only on these counts on a payment on campaign? That's a payment. It's illegal to do what he did. Allegedly, dude. 34 counts. And you've got people online on social media going, oh, well, well, it should have been this other stuff. Someone responded to me on a social media platform yesterday. Well, you know, you know what really bothers me? Well, he didn't get indicted for January 6th or anything. And I didn't even bother responding. And I know if the person might be listening right now to me. My whole thing is, I don't care if he got indicted for freaking well tying his shoelaces wrong. A crime is a crime. Of course, tying your shoelace is wrong is not a crime. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if he got indicted for shouting fire in a crowded theater. And blimey, he's done that so many times, hasn't he? As recently as what, 10 days ago? Two weeks ago, when he said, "Oh, I'm gonna get indicted. I'm gonna get arre- I'm gonna go. Oh, 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 oh. I'm gonna get arrested next week. Oh, oh, oh Tuesday. Oh, 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 oh. Tuesday came and went, and you know that carnival barking piece of garbage didn't get arrested. But you know what? Next Tuesday, he will. I don't have to bring my popcorn to that event. And by the way, even Michael Cohen." who I might play you a clip of, I will play you a clip or two of coming up. Even he was going, oh, well, this is the former president. Oh, we shouldn't be gleeful. Or no, you know, you know, it's about respect for the office. And I have more respect for that office than he does. So we shouldn't really be, well, we should let due process play out. And, uh, uh, oh, shut up. Oh, God. Dear, oh, dear. And here's the thing, dear listener, because I want to really look at this from the, the corporate news media angle. Because the thing is, all these people are freaking criminals. All of them are. And they're trying to get you, dear listener, if you watch this garbage, to try to pick between which one of them is least criminal or less criminal or less guilty than the other. That's a very dangerous place to play. That's a very dangerous playground, dear listener. They are trying to get you, as a viewer, to cheerlead on the side of which one of these people committed less criminal acts than the other. But they're all criminals. Why are people in this day and age, dear listener, trying to ferret between, well, this one committed more crimes than the other one. So I'll back the one that committed less crime. Because it's a cult of personality era, you see. And in the age of social media, we have to pick sides. Choose one. Pick sides. What if I don't pick a goddamn side? What if they're all freaking guilty? What if they're all effing criminals? They are. 
the piece of garbage is a criminal. Michael Cohen is a criminal. And none of these people, none of them, should be getting the platforms that they have. And by the way, Cohen and company have built book deals, podcasts, all kinds of things off of their own criminality. And you're sitting here cheerleading it. Oh, great. Bravo, Michael Cohen. Woo, woo, woo. This is not the way we should be responding to any of this. So why are we, some of us, maybe not you, dear listener, why are we responding to it like this, to whom this may concern? Why are you? Bravo there, Michael. He's just as guilty as the piece of garbage is. I get it. Michael Cohen served his time. And there he is sitting there on CNN last night. Like he's some kind of freaking hero. I bought his book. I bought his book. I read his book. Maybe I'm complicit too. My whole point, dear listener, is, again, I want to make this very clear, and I think you're clear by now. The corporate news media in the United States absolutely is disappointed that he's indicted. I swear to you. I swear to you. I'm going to explain and expound and expand on a little bit more of why that is the case. And I'm going to tell you again, a crime is a crime is a crime. Bob Costello, the former witness, one of the former lawyer for Trump, he has testified in recent weeks about this entire matter. He just told CBS News minutes ago that he will be, if there's a trial, someone who questions Cohen's credibility. So this could be a tough case for the district attorney in Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, to make. Because Donald Trump's team sent Robert Costello in directly to try to counteract what you were saying. What does this say about the importance or the significance of what they saw in his testimony? It was a mistake. You know, Bob Costello provided clearly nothing. There was no um, testimony that he gave that I was even needed to rebut. That's all been reported. You know, they had me there waiting for about two hours to be a rebuttal witness, but I wasn't needed, which means that the information that he provided was worthless. In fact, he did something interesting as well. He put all that information out for the entire world to see. And I was receiving dozens of phone calls from journalists all turning around and saying to me, I've read all 300 plus documents and I'm trying to understand what Bob Costello was doing. It didn't make any sense because there's nothing in there that contradicts anything that you're saying. So what in God's name is Robert Costa talking about? And was he one of the 300 journalists that Michael Cohen was referring to? in the clip you just heard? I wonder. Because the first clip you heard was Robert Costa saying, oh, if it goes to trial, oh, Rob Costello, he's gonna, uh, he's gonna question Cohen. Oh, he's gonna question him and try to contradict what Cohen says. And then you just heard Michael Cohen on a different network, rhyming with CNN, saying, Robert Costa 
was in the friggin' Robert Costello, pardon me, Costa, Costello, same difference. Robert Costello was in the grand jury and he got calls, Michael Cohen did, from all these journalists, some 300 of them, according to him, telling him what was the point of Robert Costello's testimony. He didn't freaking well contradict a single thing that you said, Mr. Cohen. And we read through all the freaking documents. So what the hell was Robert Costello doing in that grand jury? He didn't do anything to dent your credibility, Michael Cohen. So I want to know, why is Robert Costa, the journalist on CBS News, shilling for that piece of garbage who got impeached twice and who got indicted yesterday? Why is Robert Costa shilling for him? Because all you have to do is just click your remote control or tell Siri to do it or Alexa to do it. And you would have heard Michael Cohen on CNN with the very defunct Don Lemon and the all too eager to please Alison Camerota talking about how Robert Costello, this is the piece of garbage's ex-attorney, didn't do anything to dent the credibility of Michael Cohen, who testified before the same grand jury, which indicted this piece of garbage yesterday. So why is Robert Costa on CBS saying, oh, this might be a tough case for Alvin Bragg, when on CNN, you've got Michael Cohen saying that he got calls from 300 journalists in the news, telling him, Michael, what what was this thing with Robert Costello? What was the point of having him there? Why did that piece of garbage put him up there? Because he didn't do anything to rebut or refute anything you said. I want to know if Robert Costa was one of the 300 journalists that Michael Cohen was referring to. Because if he was, shame on him. If he wasn't, blimey, he ain't a very good journalist. Because I say shame on him in the first place because, blimey, damn, he got on the air on CBS and started saying, oh, it's going to be a tough case. It might be a tough case for Alvin Bragg. Now, look, I did not play for context's sake. The rest of what he said, which which was the following, dear listener. I swallow my words whole. But it's not just on the testimony of Michael Cohen upon which Alvin Bragg depends on. He also is relying upon numerous other things, lots of documents and financial information, and that's how he continued on. I cut off the audio before then. Just giving you context because it's important. But why would you even introduce Robert Costa? The idea that this would be a tough case for this Manhattan DA. First of all, Robert Costa. And I think he's an absolute flunky, by the way. I don't care that he wrote a co-wrote a book with Bob Woodward. I think Bob Woodward's standing's gone down too over the years, even though he wrote these really good books. But why would you, Robert Costa, introduce 
oh, well, it might be an uphill tough case for it. Why would it be a tough case? I mean, damn, they've been working on this case for two years. They worked on it before Alvin Bragg came in. They've been working on this case for five or six years, by the way. Two prosecutors resigned. One of them wrote a friggin' book. I think his name is Mark Pomerantz or whomever his first name was. I think it's Pomerantz's life. I read part of the book he wrote because Alvin Bragg wasn't going to do Jack. And obviously there was a lot of pressure that he succumbed to to actually do his freaking job. Thank goodness for the people who put pressure on him. And they've been working on this case for, for years in the Manhattan DA's office. Cy Vance, I mean, that was a joke. And now Alvin Bragg is finally the one to actually do what should have been done 50-odd friggin' years ago. See? It's not that hard, is it now? And then you got Mike Pence on TV. Oh, well, you know, anybody could indict a ham sandwich. Dude, it's 34, 3, 4, 34 friggin' counts. That is not ham sandwich territory. That's a frickin' banquet. Indict that. God. It's just absolutely ridiculous. And all of this is designed to get you to somehow cheerlead someone. That you're supposed to find a good guy in all of this. And that's what the corporate news media is now. It's about you trying to decipher who is less bad than the other. I get it, the lesser of two evils. It's beyond the lesser of any evils. It's about they're all evil. That's what this is about. They're all malfeasors, or the very least that. They're all people that got unclean hands, criminal hands. They've not washed them for years. That's their stock and trade. And you're sitting there, maybe not you, dear listener, but the proverbial you is sitting there going, hmm, I'm going to cheerlead for Team Michael Cohen. Or, hmm, I'm going to cheerlead for Team Mike Pence. Mike, Michael, get the idea. There's a theme somewhere around there. Hmm, I'm going to, you know, like, what? What? We're in a very dangerous time. Because you've got corporate news media, beyond the obvious things that make this a very dangerous time, dear listener, you've got media stenographers. There are too many of these people. They just repeat and parrot anything. They repeat the talking points. These people are no longer journalists. They are absolute freaking pundits and freaking stenographers. There should be a book written called Pundits and Stenographers. That would describe your corporate news media in the United States. It's weak It is weak and it is pathetically weak. I just played you the two clips that prove it. Certainly the first one. Robert Costa on CBS News. Oh, yeah, it's uh, a, well, you know, uh, Robert uh, Costello was there to refute and contradict Michael Cohen in the grand jury testimony. Oh, and it might be a tough case. It might be an uphill case, a tough case for Alvin Bragg. And then you just switch over to CNN and there's Michael Cohen talking about getting calls from 300 journalists who were all telling him, Michael, what what do you think this was about? Robert Costello, he, he didn't do anything to knock holes in what you've been saying. All the documents that we've read, 
that you produced and all the documents that actually all the documents that he produced because it was Robert Costello, as you heard perhaps in that clip with Michael Cohen, who released all the stuff to the world. At one time, he could have been the champion of the world. Here comes the story of the hurricane. The man the authorities came to blame for something that he never done. Put in a prison cell, but one time he could have been the champion of the world. I mean, really, this is just insane. Robert Costello, this is the former attorney for that piece of garbage, threw all these documents out there for the media. And they poured through them. This is what Michael Cohen said. And didn't find anything in there that was damaging to what Michael Cohen had said around this whole thing about these payments around Stormy Daniels and all this hush money and all the... So what was the point? And that's the thing. Then you've got stenographers like Robert Costa. And these people don't have any integrity. They get paid lots of money, some of them do, and he shills. And so it's not even about integrity now. It's about getting your face all over the place. And getting your pocket, pocket, pockets, 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 oops, pockets, stuffed with money, your bank accounts, direct deposits. That's all it's about. Who cares about the truth when you've got money? I mean, that's the position they take. Listen, you and I, dear listener, we, we, come on, we, we, blah, blah, blah. Oh, ow, 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 ooh. <laughs> we care about the truth, you and I. We care about the truth. I don't think, if I may be <clears throat> less than humble, that you would be listening to this podcast right now if you didn't care about the truth. You have journalists who have no integrity. This piece of garbage is going to be presented for arraignment on Tuesday, as I've said before. 34 counts. And it's allegedly related, reportedly related to this hush money payment. And let me tell you something else. If you see anyone on social media saying, Oh, wow, this is really disappointing, man. He only got indicted for some campaign stuff. This is a serious crime. You need to ignore those people. Those people are distractors. They're shills. I can't even say obfuscators. Obfuscated. (laughs) I don't have any Marmite in my mouth. No, I did celebrate... On Thursday with a drink. I absolutely did. And I'm not one who drinks very much. You know. I, I you know, I have a drink to be sociable. With people. But I don't drink generally at all. Really. And it's a good thing when you don't do that. Because I don't need alcohol to have a good time. I don't. I believe in that natural high. The natural high that I got. On Thursday, when the news broke about this indictment. 
And everyone is kissing up to this guy even now. Oh my gosh, is there going to be violence? Oh, we hope there's not. I mean, these people are capitulating to this guy. They're capitulating, they're capitulating to him even now. Oh, oh, we hope there's not going to be any violence. If there is going to be violence, you deal with him and you deal with it. I mean, this is how you keep an, this is how you keep elevating a fascist. Oh, we hope there's no, you're cowering. You are cowering. You are cowering. C-O-W-E-R-I-N-G. You are cowering to this freak. Oh, we hope there's not going to be any violence. Oh, I'm so scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know why people are doing this, but they obviously are. And it's all about ratings and money. And CNN is going to the right. And it's trying to pretend that it has some aspiration to put some black folk on its air. And you've got no black people calling the shots at CNN, making the decisions in the newsroom. You've basically got no black people in that friggin' newsroom who call the shots. Don Lemon doesn't call the shots. Come on now. He doesn't call the sh- None of these people on CNN who are black, all two of them, all three of them, if you call, well, Abby Phillip is one. So is Van Jones. Oh, God. I mean, none of these people calls the shots. None of them. I don't care if it's Athena Jones or any of them. They're all in front of the camera. They got no power. They got no power. Um, so let's just, um, come on now. None of these, almost said a word I didn't want to say. None of these people calls the shots, dear listener. None of them does. Not one. Not a single friggin' one. Okay. We just have to start getting real here. We just have to. People on social media talking about, oh, this is, again, oh, it's just a really weak, it's underwhelming, man. I'm so disappointed he didn't get. First of all, this is one freaking case. Second of all, there are multiple cases in the works or going on right now with this piece of garbage where they're mulling over indictments, whether it's in Georgia over the stuff where he actually said on audio to the Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, find me, find me 11,780 votes. Find me, find me, find me. Don't you worry, there's others. You've also got the independent prosecutor, last name Smith. I forget his first name. I always forget his name, his first name. Always forget it. But the bottom line is, so-and-so Smith, that guy, has got a independent prosecutorial investigation going on right now. Steady on, don't worry. Oh, oh, it's not, oh, it's underwhelming. It's a crime. Jesus crikey. These people. And then it's repeated on these networks. Oh, well, you know. Jeez, man, is that all they got him on? Oh, it's a campaign thing. Oh, Mike Pence says, oh, my God, this is a travesty. Oh, my God, the piece of garbage says this is a dark day in the history of this country. The darkest. Ooh, yeah. Not enslavement. Oh, no, that's not the darkest day in the history of the country. Oh, not the uh, stealing and the genocide of the Native Americans and the stealing of their land. Oh, no, that's not a dark day, is it? Ooh. No, no, no. Not the Civil War, not, oh, but it's him, him, him. 
But enslavement, no, that's not the darkest day. Oh, but the genocide of Native Americans? Oh, no, no, no. And you've got these people just repeating the talking. Oh, well, yeah, this is just not really much to get him on. It's a friggin' crime. Oh, my God. And the problem is, is that you keep listening to these people who tell you this nonsense that tell you you've got to root for this one or that one. Rather than look at this as a whole bunch of people who are fascist and corrupt and who are criminals. Criminals. They're all criminals you're listening to. Not one of these people has any shred of any decency or dignity. And I'm including Michael Cohen, even though he served time already. Don't try to find a hero. The problem with this country called the United States of America, among other problems with this country, is is that you people, (laughs) is that you, whomever the you applies to, are trying to find a hero every freaking where. And the thing is, because you're in that Hollywood zone, you are so deeply invested in it that you forget to look around and go, oh, hang on, hang about. There are no heroes. What if that's just the truth, dear listener? There are no heroes in this criminal slop. There are no heroes. No more heroes anymore. No more heroes anymore. There are no more heroes. When it comes to when it comes to this stuff, you are looking for a hero. When a hero lies in you and the faith to carry on and in all you know is true that a hero lies in you. I'm sorry, Mariah Carey. I didn't mean to butcher that song. But that's what you're looking for in the United States. You're going, hubba, hubba, hubba. (laughs) I want a hero. I want a hero. And by the way, you ain't got one. Because this country, because of its violent history, doesn't have a freaking hero. You know who the heroes are? Harriet freaking Tubman is a freaking hero. All right? Frederick Douglass is a freaking hero. Those are your friggin' heroes, two of them for a start. John Lewis, no longer here either, is a freaking hero. Viola Luizo is a freaking hero. She's no longer here either. Coretta Scott King, a hero. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a hero. Malcolm X, a hero. I can go through the list. Fannie Lou Hamer, a hero. Ida B. Wells, a hero. I've not even started yet. I'd be here until the rest of next year telling you about who the heroes are. But none of those heroes are any of the people that you've heard from on this episode in the audio clips I've played. By the way, let me offer an in-episode correction. Earlier, I talked about 300 journalists. Well, I misheard because it was 300 pages of documents. That's what Michael Cohen was referring to in the audio clip that I played for you earlier. Not 300 journalists. 
There were journalists who read 300 pages of documents that Robert Costello released publicly. But there weren't 300 journalists contacting Michael Cohen. So I apologize for the error that I made and for misleading and or confusing you. scene you heard was from the film Tar starring Kate Blanchett in that scene. I'll be talking about the scenes of Tar and the interpretations and a number of other things to do with this fantastically fascinating and excellent film. So, if you'd like to hear more in bite-sized episodes of 9 minutes or less, please don't forget to subscribe to Tar Talk. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. It doesn't happen like we think it does. No one rolls the tanks. No armies meet in pitched battle. It happens quietly, little by little. And because so many think it can't happen, it does happen. Little by little the rules change. It doesn't seem shocking or sudden. And that's the point. Fewer places to vote, longer lines. Don't worry, they say. We're just improving the system. They hope we won't notice the rules are changing because they lost the last election. They hope we just won't care enough to stop them. They believe they can take America away from us and we won't even notice. We know who they are. We know what they want. The question is, who are we? Do we let them get away with it or do we fight? Democracy is on the ballot. Vote while your vote still counts. The Lincoln Project is responsible for the content of this advertising. To be honest with you, I had no idea that it was dropping today myself. I was surprised. In fact, if you start to listen to all of the talking heads that are out there, you know these marvelous pundits that create scenarios. At the end of the day, in all fairness, they've been wrong. What they're trying to do is they're trying to guess what's inside the Christmas box, but they don't have they have absolutely no idea. And that's a mistake. We have to allow the prosecutors to do their job. I get it. People want to see accountability and we've all been waiting for this accountability. That doesn't mean that Alvin Bragg or this team and they're incredible these prosecutors. They were they're really um incredible prosecutors. I can only tell you that they know all they have all the evidence they know everything by heart and i do truly believe that this case is very different than the way that so many of these talking heads want to declare i mean how many people have been on this station sitting now oh, michael cohen's a convicted perjurer yes that happens to be accurate yes right i did i pled guilty to 1001 and violation and does that make the case more on on more flimsy grounds no This whole thing is just a joke. It's a joke the way the corporate news media reported this. 
And I do hope that this piece of garbage absolutely gets everything that's coming to him. I really do. And look, the bottom line with Michael Cohen there, you heard it. As I've said this many times, I'm not taking anybody's... I'm not standing behind anybody here. Pick a side, pick a side, pick a side. Pick, I mean, come on. What we should all be doing is getting ready to vote. What we should be doing is educating people on why they must vote. What we all must be doing is registering to vote, educating each other, and talking about the importance of voting and why. That, that's what we should be doing. I mean, all this to me is a distraction. Now, listen, it's important in some ways. Yes, this is the first time someone who was in the White House, who was the commander-in-chief, has ever been indicted. It should have happened with Nixon. It should have happened even before that. It should have happened with friggin' Andrew Jackson, Andrew Johnson, for God's sakes. It should have happened with Woodrow Wilson and loads of I mean, my God, it should have happened with Ronald Reagan. It should have happened with George W. I mean, God. And all people can do is, well, oh my God, is that all he's really getting indicted for? He's not getting You know, no one can please the people. I hope you're not one of these people, dear listener, that says, oh well. Damn, is that all they got him for? As if that's not a freaking crime. You see, that's the danger. And that's what this corporate news media has done to you, to whom this may apply, is that now they've watered everything down so much, so much, that you don't even look at this stuff as a crime anymore. You don't even look at this hush money as a freaking crime anymore because you've been so watered down and bombarded by the both sides by the stenographer and the stenography and the choreography, and this one's not as bad as that one, and this one's better than that one, and this person's a hero, even though they're friggin' well not. This Republican over here who says his name is Brad Raffensperger, you think he's a hero because he stood up to that piece of garbage on January 2nd, 2021, when in fact he's not a hero either. This guy still voter suppresses votes in Georgia of black people and any other group of people for that matter. He's no freaking hero. But because you're so obsessed, because this corporate news media throws at you, this one's a savior, and we've got this right-wing Republican contributor and that milk-toast Republican contributor. You never have any progressives contributing to these shows, mind you, right? It's all about John Kasich's on this show, and, you know, you got Kinzinger on that show, and he's a new contributor to CNN. You know, all these freaking well Republicans who vote for against the very things that help you and I, and they're contributors on these networks. And because you've been so oriented to that nonsense and bombarded by it, you now start to diminish what a crime is. And that is very dangerous. That is extremely dangerous. That is the red carpet to a fascist society. And the corporate news media is essentially rolling that red carpet out. And we have to stop thinking like this. We have to stop thinking. Specifically, when I say stop thinking like this. What I'm talking about is stop trying to pick heroes. Stop trying to find a good guy. Sometimes there are no freaking good guys. Sometimes there are no freaking good guys or good gals or good folk. Sometimes everybody is a little bit freaking guilty. Damn. Is that so hard to face 
the truth of is that sometimes everyone has unclean hands. That's not about trying to normalize this. I'm just saying sometimes you can't look at this stuff like a freaking Hollywood movie with a good ending to it. Because sometimes there are no good endings, dear listener. And we're always asked to pick between the red pill and the blue pill. It's like a matrix redux. Red pill, blue pill. Sometimes it's not about the color of the pill. It's about the quality and content of your character. I'm sorry to try to appropriate the phrase of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I'm just saying. Maybe you folks in the corporate news media need to do a better job. Not maybe, you do. Because your coverage is crap. And that's why you need to listen to people like Roland Martin and Joe Madison and Karen Hunter and Reese Colbert and Randy Rhodes and Tom Hartman. And I can go on and on. Amy Goodman, Democracy Now. I can go on and on and on and on. The people that you need to be listening to. Yeah, this garbage is going to be indicted. He's, he's indicted. He's going to be arraigned. He won't do the perp walk. I hope they do get the mugshot of him. But you have to understand, even with all of this, and you should drink to this, you should toast this, you should have your piece of garbage, racist, misogynist, criminal, indicted party all weekend long. But while you have that party, remember that you have a responsibility to vote. Did you know that 75% of eligible young voters between the ages of 18 and 24 in the state of Texas did not vote in 2022 in the midterms. Did you know that? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know? Did you know that, dear listener? 75% of eligible youth voters in Texas between the ages of 18 and 24 did not vote. In November of 2022, if half of those 75% voted, you would probably have Beto O'Rourke as governor of Texas right now. We have to look at seriously focusing on voting because these Republicans, they're going to stop at nothing. And that's the overarching thing because in some ways, This is a distraction. Even this is a distraction. It's about what we have to do next. That's what is really important here. What we do. The corporate news media is not doing its job. It is not providing real news. What this is is all spectacle. And I've got to tell you. As I've said before, you need to read the book, The Society of the Spectacle by Guy Debord. G-U-Y is his first name. Last name is D-E-B-O-R-D. The Society of the Spectacle. You absolutely need to read that book to understand what you're looking at right now. Because what you're seeing is all spectacle. That's what it is. It's theater. And you've got people pretending to be journalists. These people aren't journalists now. They're personalities. 
Their personality don't care how much time they've spent doing this. Doesn't mean they're good at it. Most of them are not. Name me two or three decent people that you might watch in the corporate news media who you think do their jobs well as journalists or anchors. Name me three of them. And I'm not talking Lester Holt and I'm not talking Nora O'Donnell. I'm talking about people who have their shows, who come on the news and talk to you about what's going on. And I'm not talking about pundits either. I'm talking about hosts of news shows. You tell me, who are they? Name me three of them who do their jobs really well. I can't think of any. Well, I don't even watch them. But it's just crazy. It's crazy. Anyway, dear listener, I think I've exhausted this topic long enough now. And what I'm going to do when I come back, well, I'm going to play you a clip that you really should hear. Dear listener, welcome back. And before I do play this clip, I want to play you. And I'll tell you what the clip is in a few moments. I just want to add something to what I've been saying on this episode. And thank you very much indeed, dear listener, for listening. It is worth noting that Jake Tapper on CNN last night was saying, in some quarters, this is a controversial indictment. Why would this be controversial? Why would you need to say that? Why is there the both sidesism? Why? Why? There is no both sides. This guy is a freaking criminal. He's been committing crimes forever. Forever. He's been getting away with it. A somewhat controversial indictment. Where's the controversy? 34 counts. There's more than enough evidence, surely. And a prosecutor worth his or her or their salt is not going to have all these counts and bring a case for indictment if they didn't think they had evidence to do so. No prosecutor worth their salt would do that. They would decline to bring charges before they ever took a chance to lose a case and have egg on their face. I'm telling you, they would never ever put themselves in a position to be embarrassed. They would absolutely, absolutely make sure that they have all the evidence that they need to be successful on the merits and the facts of their case. So Jake Tapper of CNN, talking about this being in some quarters a controversial indictment. I mean, this is somebody who is shilling for the piece of garbage. And I tell you once again, I've said it all the time, all the way through this podcast episode, dear listener. These people in the corporate news media in the United States are disappointed that he's indicted. Why? Because their cash cow is gone. That's what this is. This is about money. Money. This is what this is all about, dear listener. And the reason why you see all these sympathetic headlines and the sympathetic Chiron, Mary Trump, Donald Trump never believed that he would be indicted. 
I mean, this is all this sympathetic coverage. Sympathy to this devil. Pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. I mean, seriously. And I'm telling you, this is what's very dangerous about this corporate news media here in the United States. This is why I talk to you many times, dear listener, about listening to different types of media. Because this corporate news media, they aren't real journalists anymore. These people are personalities. They're not professional journalists. They are not the Dan Rathers or the Bernard Shaws or even the Barbara Walters when she was in her heyday back in the 70s and the late 60s and into the 80s where she was a really good journalist at the very best of her career, right? And all the sensationalism was nowhere near in sight. Now it's all about sensationalism and spectacle. I told you, the Society of the Spectacle by Guy Debord. G-U-Y is the first name. D-E-B-O-R-D is the last name. Read that book. It's written in the 1960s. It's all spectacle now, the corporate news media. It's all spectacle. It's all about trying to make a buck. The advertisers, the clicks, the tweets, the retweets, the likes. It's all what it is about now. It's not about substance anymore. It's not about analysis. It's not about critical thinking. It's all about the spectacle of it all. The glossy, shiny set. The soundbite, the catchy one-liner. I mean, I fell into the trap too when I retweeted, or I should say I posted a video clip of Michael Cohen saying, from one, uh, since we're talking about convicted felons, to Donald, uh, see you on Tuesday, pal. Of course, that's now been retweeted a number of times on my Twitter account, at the popcorn, R-E-E-L. I fell into it too. But I am able to discern and decipher when this corporate news media isn't doing its job, which is all the time. (sighs) It's not that difficult to tell that they're not doing their jobs, dear listener. I've got no problem with the corporate news media talking about this piece of garbage and what happened in the indictment for him for yesterday. I've got no problem them talking about it. It's the way they're talking about it. It's how they're talking about it. And it's irresponsible and it's dangerous. And as I said earlier, if the media in this country, the corporate news media in this country has got you thinking, well, this one's not as bad as that one or this crime. Well, it's not as bad as the other one. If the media's got you doing that now in this country, you're in trouble. The country's in trouble. The corporate news media is in trouble. Because that's not the way we should be looking at this. Oh, well, I'm disappointed. Someone told me again, I'm going to repeat this. Someone on corporate, on corporate, on, on social media told me, well, you know what really bothers me? I'm disappointed because, you know, this is, they didn't talk about January 6th. They got him on some stuff. It's like, it's a crime. It's all crimes. I get it. Some crimes are worse than others, but they're all crimes. And all these prosecutors are dealing with different facets of this guy's obvious clear as daylight criminality. And when we get to that point where we're starting to say, well, it's not really that much of a crime, is it? It's just, damn, it's really weak. I mean, if you start to think that way, then you'll start to rationalize why you shouldn't even be convicted or even charged with this stuff. And then you've got no society. Then you've got no morals. Then you've got no laws. Then you've got Nazi friggin' Germany all over again. It's so easy 
to slip into that kind of dangerous thinking. It's frightening to me how the corporate news media, not surprising, but frightening to me how the United States corporate news media is totally failing the viewer. Totally, totally failing them with all the distractions and the cult of personality stuff and no substance. We have to start thinking about voting, dear listener, and we'd better start now. Dear listener, I'm going to just close out here with this clip. This is a clip that's been making the round, speaking of uh, social media, as I was saying earlier. You will hear a impassioned voice, that of the Representative Jamal Bowman out of New York, the progressive, a brother who made it very clear where he stands. And then you'll hear from Thomas Massey, the white male Republican, who once kept a whole freaking Congress from going home. They literally had to come all the way into Washington, D.C. just to make one vote and then leave during COVID, during a freaking nasty winter air time. And literally, that's what this piece of garbage did, Thomas Massey. That's who he is. He's a piece of garbage. And he's an ultra-right winger. And he posed with guns like every Republican seems to these days. And you'll hear his voice as he started to challenge Jamal Bowman. You've got to hear this. I'm going to play this now. It's about a minute, minute and a half, maybe a bit more. But you have to hear this. This took place yesterday or maybe the day before. I think it was Wednesday, actually. You've got to listen to this. This is a portion of the audio, which is taken from the video, of Representative Jamal Bowman, the Democrat out of New York. Him raising his voice, and he really needed to. And Thomas Massey, the white male Republican out of wherever he was from, Kentucky, I think it is. You got to listen to this. Freaking cowards! They're gutless. We're not here. I'm talking about gun violence. You know, there's never been. I'm talking about gun violence. School that allows teachers to carry. Carry guns? You think more guns lead to more death? More guns lead to more death. Look at the data. You're not looking at any data. You're 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 carrying the water for the gun lobby. No, no, Look at the data. More guns lead to more deaths. Guns, states that have open carry laws have more deaths. States that have open carry laws have more deaths. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Yeah, calm down. That, that's a, calm like down. Children are dying. Nine-year-old children. The, the solution is not arming teachers. Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in a school? Have you ever worked in the school? It's a yes or no every, question. Have you, you ever worked in the school? Have you will not answer my question. Don't stop and talk to me. Okay, I'll bring it down a notch. Have you ever worked in the school? I worked in the school for 20 years. I was a team. I was screaming before you came and interrupted me. I worked in the school for 20 years. I worked in the school 20 years. I was a teacher, I was a school counselor, I was a middle school principal. I was in cafeteria, protecting kids, every day of my career. Clown, he can't even answer a yes or no question. Ask them, why will they pass legislation? Why? Ask him this question, ask him right now. Make him answer. So there you have it. Jamal Bowman, I think, did a good job there. 
Um, look, I mean, it's kind of a steel cage match. But again, Jamal Bowman, you know, this is the kind of fire, not just from Jamal Bowman, but this has to be the fire from us as voters. We have to have as our mission next year in the United States, a mission to vote these Republicans out. The New York Times, by the way, had an article today or yesterday, I think it would have been yesterday, maybe maybe Wednesday actually, about Republican states, uh, Republican lawmakers in other states across, in states across the country who are continuing to push more guns, more guns through legislation, more guns, more guns, more guns, more guns, bang, 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 dead, bang, 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 dead. This is what they're doing all over the country, these Republicans. Even now, after what happened in Nashville. And so we have to have the kind of passion that you heard there from Jamal Bowman, the representative out of New York. Congressman, the Democratic Congressman, we have to be voting. We have to have that passion, vote with a passion. And we need to be doing that now. We need to get the young people to vote. I mean, there were lots of young people who did vote in 2022, certainly in 2020 as well. But we need to get people in these states like Texas, for God's sakes, and Florida to vote. These young folks, 75% of which who of the age of 18 to 24 in Texas did not vote. Eligible voters didn't vote in the midterms from November of last year. And that is critical because even if half of those young people of that eligible group voted, you would have had a different governor in the governor's mansion in Texas. You would have had Beto O'Rourke, O'Rourke as your new governor. You absolutely would have. And this is after Uvalde. This is after 20 plus kids and adults got killed. And you still put back in this crazy freak named Abbott. It's just ridiculous. Because you are allowing, to whom this applies, people who don't like you or care about you or share your interests You're allowing them to vote for you. And as I've said before, they're voting twice. They're voting for who they want and they're voting against you. Two votes to none. So you're being outvoted by two votes to none. Two votes to zero. You've got no vote because you're staying at home. Not you personally, dear listener. But the people out there who say, oh, I'm not voting because voting doesn't count. You heard me say this the other day. You're staying at home. While the crazies and all these people who believe in letters of the alphabet that are going to be all-knowing and omniscient and all this garbage, they're going to the voting booth. And it's two votes to none. They're leading you two votes to nil. You've got no vote because you don't even want to get your rusty, lazy ass to the voting booth. And they've got two votes. Why? Because, as I said before, they're voting A for themselves. And then they're voting at the same time against you. So it's basically two votes to none. Why would you allow yourself to be outvoted like that? And then when all these things go through and you realize, oh, damn, this is horrible. You're going to have the temerity to sit there and complain. Well, you are not under any license to complain when your ass didn't vote. It's crazy. Jamal Bowman, thank you, sir, for doing what you did. 
it was so interesting because Denny Hoyer, the now minority leader in the House, was holding the arm of Jamal Bowman while he was very passionately addressing Thomas Massey, who was a really ignorant, stupid fool. And when it became clear that Tom, that Tom, when it became clear that Steny Hoyer just really wasn't going to continue to try to hold Jamal Bowman's arm or his wrist or his elbow, actually it was his elbow and his arm, he decided to just leave and he just left and walked away. You don't need to be holding Jamal Bowman. The brother can take care of himself. Thank you very much, Steny Hoyer. He doesn't need you holding his arm or holding the crook of his arm. You know, he's a grown-ass man. He can take care of himself. Oh, you don't want to hear a black man get upset and angry? Well, you need to read the book Why Black People Tend to Shout by Paul, excuse me, Ralph Wiley, W-I-L-E, Why. So, I hope, dear listener, that you did get a measure of what I was talking about in this episode. The recap is basically this. This piece of garbage is indicted. He will be arraigned on Tuesday. He's expected to show up. We'll see if he does. He will be fingerprinted and booked, and he will have a mug shot taken of him. There will be media organizations that are going to be expected to appeal to the judge to allow that mugshot or mugshots to be released. And I bet your bottom dollar that they will succeed on the merits of that. And then you'll have to have the corrections officers or facility or whomever booking, central booking there in New York. They will have to release that mugshot, which is going to happen. I think it's going to happen. New York, as a, as a rule and, as a, and its law, does not release mugshots. It's a state that doesn't do that. But I think that this is going to be made an exception of. I really do. Well, I could be wrong, but we'll see. The other takeaway is that the media, the corporate news media, you knew this way before this episode, are absolutely horrible. There's lots of people that I know and talk to on social media and in person who don't even watch the news anymore. They don't watch corporate news media. They don't. And these people are desperately searching for ratings. They don't have any credibility anymore. They're trying to be sensational and outrageous. And they're sacrificing truth in the process. And finally, there are no heroes in this kind of story. There are none. And that's not to pity them or feel sorry for them. It is to just point out that we should stop looking for heroes and start looking within us and start to look for ourselves as heroes, to be braver and bolder, to run for office, whether it's local, state or federal, and to vote and organize and to educate people as to why they need to vote. That's what we need to be doing. Instead of talking about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and all this bullcrap that isn't important to anybody except them, meaning Markle and Henry or Harry, Instead of investing in all that nonsense, start to look at the world around you that you're living in. Start to look at the future of that world, the future of yourself and your family. And start looking at that seriously and doing something to try to make this world a better place. Because it ain't going to be better 
by telling me about the latest thing that's going on with the royal family. I could care less about the royal effing family. They're a bunch of criminals and thieves. I care less about them. Bunch of racists. It's time to get real. It's time to get serious. And it's time to get educated. So let's do it to it. Dear listener, you can follow me on Twitter at the popcorn R-E-E-L and on Spoutable S-P-O-U-T-I-B-L-E dot com forward slash popcorn R-E-E-L. And subscribe, please, to the YouTube channel, the Politocrat Daily Podcast YouTube channel at the Politocrat P-O-D. That's YouTube.com forward slash at sign the Politocrat P-O-D. And of course, this podcast, which you should also subscribe to as well, please don't forget to subscribe, download, and share this podcast. Spread the word about the Politocrat Daily Podcast. Thank you very much for listening to this edition of the Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore.